Welcome back, Seekers of Strength, to another empowering episode of Gathering Strength, the podcast where we dive deep into the stories that fuel our determination and shape our outlook on life. I'm your host, Ruby Rube, and today I have an extraordinary guest who defies limits, both in the realm of ultra-marathon running and in the discipline of boxing. At the tender age of 24 years old, he has conquered a 200-mile ultra-marathon, faced setbacks in a daring 300-mile attempt, and found a unique harmony between two demanding worlds. Ever wondered how an ordinary 24-year-old finds the courage to run distances that seem almost superhuman? Or... How the grit forged on the trail translates into a philosophy for navigating life's challenges? Join us as we unravel the inspiring journey of a true endurance enthusiast. What fuels the fire of a young soul chasing miles and dreams? How does the intensity of boxing intersect with the solitude of long-distance running? What life lessons emerge from the highs and lows of ultramarathon attempts? Discover the answers as we explore the mindset, the philosophy, and the lessons learned from the relentless pursuit of endurance. Get ready to be motivated, enlightened, and inspired. This is Gathering Strength, and today we're diving into... Endurance Beyond Miles. Don't miss out. Hit play and let the journey begin. But not before we bless this podcast episode with the quote from the GOAT. Warren Buffett, the greatest investor of all time, he said, the more you learn, the more you earn. And by golly, you gonna learn today. I want you to look like Arnold Schwarzenegger via 1974 as he was competing and dominating the Mr. Olympia Bodybuilding Championships. That's right. I want you to look jacked. I want you to have the buff body, the buff mind, the buff spirit, and the buff bank. Why? Because life is heavy and we're not always going to have a spot. Luckily for you, I got your back. Now that we're all warmed up, loose, and limber, let's get into the heavy lift. My name is Eli Ruggiero. You know, I'm 24 years old. Um, I live in San Bruno, California. Um, yeah, and you know, I'm, I'm glad you have me on the podcast. And um, it's uh, I'm going to learn something about you. You're going to learn something about me. And you know, it's all that energy it's gonna it's gonna go out there and people are gonna learn from it and you know everyone's gonna get better you know there's a there's a quote by kobe bryant it's um where all your pain is is where all your strength is and you know i kind of i've always lived by that quote and um you know all the things i've learned um went to the, went went to hard some hard places and people will learn from that and you know and i i, I enjoy learning from other people too that was an awesome quote by Kobe Bryant. You know, hey, surprisingly, check this out. I wrote a book. I hope to have it published by January, February. But the title of the book is called Everything is Fuel. And, you know, 
if you are a living human being, you have inevitably experienced, you know, suffering, adversity, probably some dickheads out there who called you a few bad names that didn't make you feel real, real good about yourself, right? And now, you know, that regardless of what it is, it is energy. The person who can transform that energy into positive energy that will propel them towards a, a goal, whatever it is, those are the ones who are going to be the people that thrive in society. And now, while you embarked on that 200-mile expedition, I'm sure it wasn't all rainbows and butterflies. You had to think about everything, right? Yeah, you know, um, I, I like to, uh, I'll, I'll tell you just a couple things, just the, the, the big portions of it. There was a point I felt like my foot was broken. I might have stress fractured it. I never got to check it out, but there was 100 miles of pure pain. It had me thinking like David, um, David Goggins out there, how, you know, how he broke his foot. And um, it, I like how he talks, you know, because I feel like I got that same type of same type of warrior in me, the same type of talk. And there was even a point where, you know, I, I didn't train to run 200 miles. Mm, I, I want to wow. give glory, glory to God. But the thing is, since I didn't train to do it, it took me eight days. Um, I surpassed the elevation of Mount Everest. I did 31,250 <laughs> feet. Yeah. And the, on the seventh day, I was feeling so, I was like, man, I was faster than the first day on the seventh day. Wow. So, and I ran 27 miles that day. I wanted to finish it off that day. Um, and my heart started beating a little bit irregular. And I'm like, you know what? You you wanted to be like David Goggins. You wanted to mm. you wanted to ignore all the signs. I ignored knee pain. I ignored every single thing. But you cannot ignore your heart. Wow. Because you know, if your heart, my heart was ready to give up. And I was so proud that day because I'm like, I really gave it everything. I, I was really. Um, Man, I, I I really gave it my heart, and I you know day seven was my most proud day, you know. Now here are some things that really uh, resonated with me when you shared your post. One was the distance. Two was the elevation. If you were to look up out into the sky and you see a commercial passenger airline plane flying, they cruise at an at an altitude of thirty two thousand feet. Mount Everest is twenty eight thousand feet. And the elevation that you obtained for yourself out on the 200-mile journey was 31,000 feet. Now, yeah. that is it, – it's really hard to wrap your mind around all three of those things. And then another interesting aspect was your age. Um, you are – obviously, you, you look youthful. You look young. You look like a, a, a man in his 20s. And that was another thing that blew my mind because – when I'm 40 years old, and if I were to think back when I was 24 years old, you could not pay me to do anything like that. That was like the last thing on my mind was running. I did like to work out and lift weights and you know try to get jacked. I was on the mentality of more plates, more more dates type type mindset. Now, yeah. now 24 years old, uh, what was the the catalyst? You said that you didn't train. So what was the what was the concept what sentence entered into your ear and resonated and bounced around in your brain to where the light bulb went off in your head and you were like you know what I'm going to go out and run 200 miles untrained You know um my my when I was growing up my mom always told me she was like you know 
learn all these lessons now when you're younger so you don't when you're older and th there's there's some things about me that um that are very wise but at the same time you know sometimes i get a big head you know i, I do something amazing i get a big head mm -hmm. and th through all these times i, I always want to be humble mm -hmm. i always want to be humble i want to uh, carry myself like a man i want to i want to i want to be an inspiration to some people and um you know I, I and i get i give all the credit to um god you know um but what what was going on in my mind to do it without training was and i i was thinking you know I, before i did the run i was watching all these um this la this lady she and uh, the women are better at, at the ultra marathons than men i feel like you know mm -hmm. but um i was watching uh one of these um women and she was talking about just i needed to understand the pain that's the only thing i wanted to i was worried about was how am i gonna accept the pain mm. because i was like nothing's gonna stop me nothing you know it's once you tell your mind you're gonna do something and you have no choice you know, you're a father, you know, um, I'm not a father or anything like that, but you have responsibilities, you have kids. You know, the, the, the thing is, you have no choice. You have to work, you have to make a living, you have no choice. So when I put my mind frame into, I have to do this, mm. it, and the, it, it, there's a very deep meaning as well. There's a lot of meanings and everything, but I was making sure the main, the main meaning was strong enough to make me not quit and you know um i i think it was just facing facing things uh it, it goes to a dark place it, it goes to a place where you know um just insecurities i've had in the past you know all these things that killed me that beat me before depression you know uh, oh, yeah. a little bit about killer um mental mental problems you know and the position i'm in today I felt at one point in my life, I didn't have no control over nothing. And, oh, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, you know that I just wanted to get control over my mind and, you know, show people. I want to show people the pain I go through and what's it called? Because a lot of people can relate to the pain and what's it called? I want to show them that how I overcome it because you can't overcome it. Everyone is different, but I just, you know, I, I know what it's like to quit. You know, it's. And I thought I was actually the weakest person in the world before. And after doing the 200 miles, I'm like, you know what? They'll get too big of a head, but you're not as weak as you used to think you were. Wow. Hey, that's beautiful, dude. You know what? That, that touches me in, in the feels. <laughs> you, you got me in the feels <laughs> because, you know, man, going back, hey, game, recognized game. You had mentioned depression and now you are faced with the choice. Do I just wallow in my misery and feel woe is me? Do I just lock myself and isolate myself in, in the room and stay out of the sun for the next seven days and, and let my muscles atrophy? Do I become a unwatered houseplant and just languish on, you know, in, in a dark place in unfertilized soil? Or do I go out and do something about it? Do I go out and flip those switches on in my indomitable spirit and learn and apply the lessons that my mom taught me and then go out and produce some fruit? You know, my son, he is, he's 10 years old and I'm sowing the seeds. I, I, I am essentially, I'm, I'm trying to brainwash him. I'm going to be 
his customado. He's Mike Tyson, and I'm going to be his customado, right? If you are familiar yeah. with that story, Mike Tyson, yeah. he gives a lot of his credit to the um, to the mental framework that customado instilled in him as he was developing him as a boxer because Mike Tyson, um, he had all of his hardships, which he talks about in depth. And, you know, he had the option. He could have, you know, stayed on that trajectory, staying in the hood, staying in, in, in that life, just like you had your option to still keep and hold on to your depression. Or do I, you know, implement the lessons that were instilled into me by my mother and go out and produce some fruit. And man, that that is that's awesome because it takes, yes, a really mature, strong, evolved person to to be able to man, take that on because it, it hurts. You know, whether you're running 200 miles or simply trying to walk out, you know, get out of bed when you're feeling really hopeless and depressed and nihilistic. Now, um, Frederick Nietzsche, a old, a old timey philosopher, uh, he said, he who has a why to live for can bear almost anyhow. And now this goes on and resonates with, you know, slaves, with Jews in the Holocaust. Uh, If you have a reason why you were doing something, then you you are going to bear anyhow. You had a big, huge why. Hey, I'm going to go out and run 200 miles. Oh, you had a big, huge like um a big, huge goal, and your why's got you to that. Um, man, and, and then you're also boxing too, right? Yeah, um, I started uh, boxing about I think it was six or seven months ago. I mean, I, I was a little bit overweight. I was like 220 pounds. I'm um 185 now, but I've been over six seven months. I I was barely running, you know. Um, I was I just I was I was just tired of the way of life, you know. It was just it's um it, it was getting tough for me, and uh, I just wanted to um start doing boxing fight I, I physically i needed mentally physically needed to fight because what i was going through in my mm, head wow it, it, was, it was just i needed to prove to myself because before i used to freeze up when a problem used to come i used to freeze up yeah i used to you know self-pity but then and i realized and boxing so deep as well that you're gonna when you're in front of an opponent an opponent and if you're in your head you're freezing up you're gonna freeze up physically as well so I, 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 so when I, I, I decided to learn things, I, I need to really feel it. And, um, I was freezing up in front of my opponent. And then over time I learned how to not freeze up. I got better and better and better. And, um, it just, yeah, the, the boxing journey as well. I, I want to, um, I'm training for a fight in maybe six months and, um, that's what I, that's really what I, that's what I want to do. And I'll see what I want to do after that. That is incredible. Um, my son, you know, we will talk about life and this and that. And as it pertains to being courageous or being brave, I'm like, hey, if you claim to be, you know, brave and courageous, you can't do it in a room full of bunnies. You can't be brave and courageous when you're by yourself sitting on the couch, you know, warm and comfortable. You can't be courageous in any other realm except only in the presence of fear. Now, whether you are embarking on a 200-mile ultramarathon, you know, you have, you're going to have the plenty 
of opportunity to be brave and courageous and resilient and determined because yeah man all all throughout that journey you your energy and vigor is going to be slowly chipped away at and then hopefully once all the chipping is 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 done you're going to be revealed a brave person you know even though you are feeling like your foot is broken like you know you're feeling all of these pains uh, you know, the, the, the brave, courageous person who has a big why can bear almost any how. And even when you are in the ring against a opponent, you know, there's going to be fear there. But what are you going to do? Are you going to freeze up and get, get knocked out or not even try? Or do you want to go and exercise what a brave person does, what a courageous person does, what a person who's goal-oriented and determined does do you want to be that person or do you want to be a, a wallflower depressed <laughs> you know you are going to pay either way by by sacrificing and striving or by regret and stagnation either way you are going to pay now are there any specific lessons that long distance running has taught you what have you gleaned from that 200 mile ultra marathon um, yeah, really quick before I talk about that, you, you know, uh, talking about what you were talking about, you know what they say, um, um, you are who you hang out with. Mm -hmm. So that's, uh, that, that's always been a big thing for me. You know, whoever you hang out with is who you become, you know, and, um, I surround myself with a bunch of brave, brave warriors, you know, and, um, that's, that's who I am now. And, uh, it's, it's, it's in, within all of us, you know, and it's, um, um, yeah, and I, I feel, <clears throat> I feel, you know, and, and it's just like the people that really think they're they're really weak, you know, it's at the end of the day, I really, I really can sense people's energy when I go in public and I see people, the people that are depressed or oh, yeah. um, Big they time. keep their head down. Those are the most powerful people in the world. Mike Tyson, since we were talking about Mike mm. Tyson, look at this, he was the nicest person you would ever met. I heard a story where a bully, um, broke his uh bird's neck oh yeah Mike the pigeons like, don't do it. yeah 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 and, and you know you, you gotta look at it like this mike tyson it's very people don't do that to begin with collect he was a very nice um person to um have birds to begin with yeah and you um and for that day the guy to break the neck and that was the first day he fought you know it's um be careful of taking advantage of these the nice people because they're the most, they're very powerful, you know, um, mm. but, um, that I was, that, that was a topic as well that I was thinking of, um, when I was running, I was at mile 130. I was thinking about that with Mike Tyson. I'm like, you know, um, and so some more lessons I, I've learned on the 200 mile run. The first day was so hard. The fr I had a dream the night before a nightmare and I woke up and I was like, Oh, you're in deep waters now, you know, in boxing, you'll say it as like, you're in deep waters. And yeah. I was like, you know, you, you need to learn how to thrive in this. I, I'm going to take over the ocean then. I'm going to, you know, it, it's just like, there was a point I was out there at mile 160. I started thinking about, I'm literally in the jungle right now. I'm literally in the wild right now. I'm, I'm an animal right now. You have to be, mm. you get, you get to a place in your mind that's so powerful. Wow. And it's a it's a high <laughs> oh, it's a high that sounds incredible and um when i talk about things like this i don't care who you are i will make you believe that you can do the same thing and more and i'm like and I, i'll talk to people and i'll tell them i'm like 
I, I know your story a little bit. I'm like, you've been through har harder things than me. You're stronger than me. You can do exactly what I did and more. So I don't really look, put myself on a pedestal. I look at people like they're better than me. And I want people to do better than me. You know, um, sometimes I get big headed and I'll, I'll switch my, um, I'll switch my um, mentality a little bit, but then I have to, you know, you need to, you need to settle down. Something will humble me in life. And I'm like, you know what, that's not what it's about. You know, it's about, you know, and, and, and in my heart, I do want people to do better than me. I want to show them what I went through and I'm not a physically gifted person. I don't feel like, um, I think it's God given what he gave me, but I'm not the best runner. I don't even, you know, I ran up the hill these hills because I couldn't run it on flat because I felt my times were too slow. I mean, I, um, there's a point I ran seven minute miles, but I'm like that. I don't, I, I don't feel like that's fast enough to be impressive, you know? So I had to do something one step up. I had to run it all in hills. I ha whatever I do, I have to do it different. I have to do the hardest thing, you know? Um, and also 200 mile lessons, um, to wrap your mind around 200 miles up a hill, I wrapped my mind around 300 before that. I, I, I looked into David Goggins. I saw he ran 3,000 miles. It humbled me. I'm like, you, you know what? I need to, I wrapped my mind around bigger miles than 200 miles before I started this. So if, if your goal is, I want to run a marathon, you have to tell yourself, can I run 50 miles? And whatever you really want to do, Double that and wrap your mind around that. That's kind of a little strategy I've always had, and it makes things easier. So once you do complete that marathon, it's easier. Oh wow, I could, I thought I could have did fifty. Maybe next time I do want to do fifty, then it keeps going up. But um, let me think. Um, some uh, I'm just trying to think about what you asked about the um, lessons. Um, yeah, was it at mile one ninety nine? Um. Yeah, it was it, it was it was very um it it was very uh I'm trying to think. It it was it was a great experience. The first day was the hardest because you know how they say the the start is always the hardest. Yeah. Um, very in the first day, the funniest thing is the first day it was it was foggy. It was kind of raining, mm -hmm. and then I was like the se second I did 30 miles that day. I had to um, ease into it. 32 miles that day, I had to ease into it because, and I walked a big portion of it because I I, I was just so overwhelmed. Man, I was so over, overwhelmed. And I was like, you need to go slow. And you know what? Whenever you feel like you're overwhelmed or you can't handle a situation, you need to slow down. But you're going to keep moving. Yeah. You're going to keep moving. You know, you. Um, I had no choice. I had to keep going. I was like, this is bigger than me. You know, a, a big thing about it was if I really want to portray and be an influence to kids and people and all this and that, I ca I have to I have to go through all these things, and and portray that. Then you know um, I can't I can't quit in situations where it's hard. You know I have to carry myself um, respectable so they can. So you know um, the first day was the toughest, and. After that, the first day it was raining and all that type of stuff. And then after that, I was like, I don't think I could handle this no more. I don't think I could handle this. Mm -hmm. um, and all the other days, it was sunny. And it, it was it was very, um, you're going to be tested at times. You're going to be tested. And, you know, that's all it, when life gets hard, 
you know, just think of it. Okay, I'm being tested right now. It's going to pass. It's hard to understand that this is going to pass. This is going to pass. I still get uh, caught up each day um, of my life now, you know. It, it, every day is hard for me. Every day is hard for me, the type of um, the depression I have, you know. It's, mm-hmm. it's hard to have hope, but, you know. I need to practice what I preach, right? <laughs> yeah, definitely. And you know, um, so, um, you had you had said a couple of things. One, going back to you saying that you know the weakest people are actually the most strongest people, and you being a a God fearing man, I believe that you have a fundamental uh, belief system of being a a Christian. Yeah. All right, um, Corinthians one twenty seven. It says that God purposely chooses what the world considers nonsense in order to shame the wise, and He chose what the world considers weak in order to shame the powerful. Now, one of the things that I see in you that reflects on my journey, or that that uh, is parallel with my journey, is overcoming the depression. You know, being young and confused and feeling hopeless, but then you know, doing something every single day that can set you up for a stronger tomorrow. Now, the um, you had said something that in order for you to be, you know, a, a positive impact on the kids or whoever's, you know, listening to this, thousands of years ago, Epictetus, who was a slave, one of the uh, fathers of philosophy, he said... Um, in his book Discourses, he wrote, um, or he had his his student write, uh, don't talk about your philosophy, embody it. Rather than you just talking about, hey, you know, you should be eating right, you should be exercising, you should be getting sleep, adequate rest, blah, blah, blah. It's, but here you are, you're fat, you're out of shape, you have no energy, you have no, no nothing, you have no fruit. Rather than just talking about it, hey, you're a man who's out here putting to use what he has learned uh, and, and as a result you are you know creating a a stronger version of yourself um can you tell me something that let's see are there parallels between ultra marathon running and your everyday life is there something that you have implemented in your life that works for long distance running or standing in front of a a a boxing opponent in a boxing match you know um i, I in my own skin i'm learning that i when i did all the, the the big runs and all this and that i um i only i wanted to learn how to translate all the lessons i learned from the 200 mile run into my life and it's harder than um than than I, than I I expected for me, but I'm uh, it's not a but I I am very very hard on myself, so I actually don't give myself credit in areas. But mm-hmm. if I take a step back and look at myself, I'm like you know what actually, there is things that I do um how I live my life now after the 200 mile run um it's when you're when you get close to like understanding that you could have died that day day seven I could have died that day. If I would have pushed, if I would have, I ignored every single sign for seven days of pain. What was making me not ignore my heart? You know, that was, that, that's, that's a question I need to ask myself because that right there, um, to, 
but with the um the lessons I've learned from the 200 miles and what I bring into my life now, um, I, I think it's, 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 all, it, yeah, I had confidence before and after, during and after. Um, I think it's, it's the humbleness now. It's, uh, mm. I, I, I really, I really like the humbleness because as a man, when you see a man that's kind of, um, arrogant or cocky, it's they're a little bit, for me, it's a little bit harder to approach them. But then sometimes those people, they they portray something, but then they're really different on the inside. It's, mm. Everyone's different, you know. But for me, all the less um, what I bring into my life now is it, it, it's just I think I think it, it's more more humbleness because I realize how hard life is for myself and other people, and um, we're all we're all in the same boat. We're all trying to survive here, and I, I just you know. Um, I, I think I think that's probably the main one. Um, at, a while after I finished the 200 miles, I think it was like a drug for me because I got so high that I wanted to get the high again. I recently wanted to do 300 miles up the hill, and very very possible, but I feel like I had the wrong reason. Mm. But I wanted to feel that high again. I actually I feel like I was getting very very angry because I needed to feel that high again, and. Um, I had to, I just had to. And so I attempted the 300 mile run and um, I didn't finish it. And I never thought I would quit something, but there's so many reasons why I did. Wow. And the, I mean, it's, just, it's so, I, I really, um, I dared to be great, you know? And there you I go, feel yeah. like uh, when I get a little bit older, a little bit more wiser, maybe I'll end up competing in these events. I really don't know. But all I know is right now, I'm not nearly as good as none of these guys. You know why? Because those guys do the Moab, the 240 miles. Oh, they, yeah. They barely sleep. They barely sleep. And you know, that's what humbles me. And I appreciate you um, taking your time out to talk to me because I don't feel like I'm nothing special because I, I did it in eight days. I slept. And even, and I, it's, um, it's very, those guys, I have a lot of respect for those guys a lot because you really didn't sleep. Like it's hard enough with sleep doing this stuff you just did it without sleep you're sleeping an hour at a time that's that's pretty amazing to me <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah definitely um i have ran my share of marathons i've done a a, a few iron man triathlons and this last uh, october i just finished my first uh, 50 mile ultra marathon and yeah you know you you would be surprised like i was proud of my time i i ran 50 miles in 9 hours and like 35 or 40 minutes and then here i am you know feeling great but you know there was some people who smoked it like they essentially sprint for 50 miles straight and they finished in like 6 hours i'm like oh my goodness right they were lapping me but you know um i I wasn't uh, I wasn't racing them. I was you know there for the experience. I wanted to learn something. I wanted to see what it felt like as well as 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 you did. You know you you said that uh, you referenced David Goggins and you wanted to feel a little bit of how he was feeling. And hey, you you got to um, to experience that. And you know that's something that you can't buy. You're not uh, you're not going to be able to 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 buy a a completion of a marathon or a 50 mile ultra marathon or a, any of these things. You're not going to be able to buy that. The only way that you can buy it is with blood, sweat, and tears. Now, when I did my 50 mile, 
you know, there was a a bunch of, you know, strong people who seemingly had had more muscle, you know, probably younger th- than I was. And I was passing them up. And on, I don't know, maybe like my last like mile and a half, I passed up this this old lady. And I thought, you know, maybe she had like a, a, a nether five or 10 miles to go. I, the, the way the, the race was constructed, you really can't tell who was ahead and who was like far behind. And I am running, right? And I pass up this lady and I am encouraging people along the way that the people who I'm passing up, I'm like, yeah, you know, keep going. Great job, this and that. And then I finally crossed the finish line and I was feeling good. And you know what? You had said that, you know, in order for you to, or you were feeling like animalistic, getting into that primitive mind. That's how I felt at like mile 46, 47. I was like, you know what? I'm finishing this. And I was running I felt like I was sprinting, even though I was hitting like a nine-minute mile. But I, I felt like a stallion, you know, just, uh, just, just running. Well, those, those are fat. A nine-minute mile is a fast mile, especially after. Hey, that's that's impressive. Yeah, definitely. So I was, um, I was holding back, um, you know, because first of all, it wasn't a race. Finishing uh, was the the main goal. I still had some more in the tank. But here I am feeling like, you know, a, a stallion, feeling like Rocky Balboa, feeling a little bit like David Goggins. And then a, a, a little bit of like hoopla starts to build up, uh, build up around the finish line. And then the race coordinators, they were like, hey, hey, a 72 year old woman, she's about to be crossing the finish line. I was like, what? She just like she finished maybe like three minutes after me. And I was like, dude. I, I got super humble, you know, so I, I, I went from feeling like David Goggins, Rocky Balboa and a freaking stallion to being humble. You know, it was like a huge humble pie. And here she comes, a tall, white, 72 year old woman crosses the finish line, throws up her hands and it's just like, yay. Wow. And you know what? She didn't have any fanfare. She didn't have any of her grandkids or kids there. There was no one celebrating her. What she did have was an equally old man who, who, um, he was supporting himself on like a walker. I'm going to assume that that was her, her (laughs) husband or nursing room roommate. I don't know who it was, but they were about the same age. Meanwhile, one person was 72 years old and just smoked 50 miles in San Francisco. And she crossed the, the finish line, got her medal, uh, relaxed for like three or four minutes. And then the old guy who was with her held on to her arm and they walked to the car, in which I assume that she, <laughs> she drove <laughs> It's it's so weird the the human body like you cannot judge a book by its cover. You can't, and you know what's funny is that I saw this meme. It was a a hundred year old a woman or man runs a record mile, and they're like, "What's your excuse?" Yeah, and it said he had more time to train. Oh, uh, <laughs> hey, you know what? Uh, so one thing that I love doing is developing my own philosophy, and I'm not sure if I freaking stole this from somewhere. Who who knows? I I, I could have heard it from a damn Seinfeld episode. But here's my little philosophical phrase that I developed the other day, and I'm still working on refining it, but it's going to go along the, uh, the lines of um, people can always find these two things, an excuse or a solution. Those are the two things that 
a person can, can always find. If, for example, hey, the 100-year-old who just set the world record for the mile. Oh, well, hey, he has more time to train. Go figure. <laughs> Go figure, right? <laughs> now, hey, um, you had said that you are you are tough on yourself, right? Yeah. You know, that is a, a good place to be. So according to a well, one of the the uh, top five um, uh, king philosophers or philosopher kings, Marcus Aurelius, he wrote in his journal, uh, he said, be tolerant with others and strict with yourself. Now, we don't need to, you know, beat ourselves up. We don't need to, uh, you know, do any more than what's necessary, but... It is good for your subconscious, for that little still small voice in your mind. I think that is good for it to have a, a nuance of David Goggins yelling at you like, hey, so you're not going to work out today? All right, what a little bitch, dude. You, you know, right? Like, hey, so you want to quit right now? Oh, uh, do you know what? They were right about you. You you aren't worth it. You know, that little internal ass kick that you can give yourself, that's powerful. Yeah, it's um, you know, with David Goggins, you know that guy. I I heard um, I'm I'm trying to say it how he said, but he he basically said he beat the fuck out of himself mentally. <laughs> yeah. In certain areas, you know. I'm I'm gonna tell you um, at the end of the day though, whatever journey you go on, everyone has their own heart. There so, you go. Yep. Um, I but I'll tell you the first day was so hard for me on the run because. I I realized you you realize who you are in your spirit and your soul and what drives you what's going to make you all these things and you have to face it all and when I was I was doing that I there was a point where I was thinking about how hard I am on myself and it was it was almost it was it was a point where I actually started um feeling bad for myself oh and yeah I'm like, man and i'm like you know but you're gonna face this oh you know yeah face this. yes so understand this topic study that dark matter of your mind as david goggins would say i studied that and i'm like why am i programmed like that why am i thinking like this mm. and it got it actually got scary for me at that point because i'm like you know you are so hard on yourself you're literally running 200 miles up the hill right now yes do you know how many people even think like that oh, yeah they might think you're crazy um i'm like am i crazy mm -hmm. <laughs> and I, i'm like but you know what i just i'm very determined i'm very um i want to go after my dreams you know we, we live here like we're, we live here it's every day is a gift it's not a promise you know it's people have to understand that um you know and i'm like you know you, i was i was in deep waters and i was like you're you're gonna be i'm like use this to your advantage though you need to love yourself you need to go to a place where all the ugly things about yourself admit it to yourself say that okay that's true about myself i don't like that i don't like that. i'm a little crazy right here oh i don't like that then you face it and then it's like okay how can i learn to love that how can i use that to my advantage okay you're about to complete 200 miles now you're about to you're about to beat everything that killed you before. You know what's crazy or fascinating is that everything that you just spoke about, all of the coping mechanisms that you have implemented for yourself in your daily life and over the course of that 200-mile ultramarathon, those solutions, they've always been there. Like you didn't develop anything new. You didn't discover 
You didn't have a psychological breakthrough that's going to open up the world. You just experienced enlightenment. You know, that is the, the fascinating thing about it is that when you were down in your um, in your depression state, you know, like these same solutions, they've always been there, but it took you to having to go through that journey and then utilizing those tools and then experiencing breakthroughs for yourself. So what other things, man, isn't it mind-blowing that, you know, some people, they refuse to learn from their mistakes rather than facing the pain, rather than embarking on the journey to discover their self and venturing out and facing their own version of hard. Rather than doing that, they numb themselves. They make excuses. They, you know, talk smack about people who are failing. Like, hey, bro, you thought you were tight. You were going to go run 300 miles. Who do you think you are? That's right. You better stick to the 200 miles. You know, they would just, um. they would just find a way to poo-poo on whatever you were doing. But, hey, you know. Um, uh, it was Theodore Roosevelt who created the man in the arena speech, and he talks about exactly that. Um, uh, you know, you you were talking about you know some sorry blah, blah, blah. one of the key takeaways that I'm going to walk away with after we hang up from this conversation is humble because you were talking about humbleness, humble, humble, humble. Um, Jordan Peterson, a Harvard psychologist, a clinical psychologist, one of the one of today's most brilliant thinkers. He said something that resonated with me and, and it might resonate with you. Um, he said something along the lines of like you don't want to be uh, hold on let, let me think. He said you want to be a beast. you want to be a humble beast. You want to be a person who carries a sword but has the discipline. To keep it in its sheath. You don't want to be harmless. You want to be a beast. Be a humble beast. Now with all of the knowledge and the strength, the mental strength, the spiritual strength, the physical strength that you have obtained for yourself. You know, yeah, it, it is normal and expected for an undisciplined mind to walk around thinking that he's top dog, the, 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 the king of shits, right? The, I'm, I'm the man. But, you know, the humbleness is going to bring you back down and it's going to be like, hey, yeah, sure, you have the strength, you have the gains that you acquired for yourself. Now let's see what you do with that, right? Because you don't want to just rest on your laurels and have this be the crowning glory of the rest of your life because you, you used to have a whole life to live. Yeah. Do you ever feel that there, or hey, you know, all right, so say if you did get the 300, the 300 miles, when does it stop? Do you go to 400 miles? Do you go to 500 miles? Do you go to 1,000 miles in one, in one day? What, when do you stop? Yeah, it, it needs to mean something. I didn't have the right reasoning. There's, there's a, a piece of, of me that's like, and I always hated this reasoning, because, uh, but I do like to entertain people. Sometimes I end up wanting attention, mm. and you know that that's something I it's it's hard for me to uh, admit to myself sometimes. But that is the truth. Sometimes, sometimes I, I do better. Um, other days I don't. Um, but three hundred miles, I just felt it wasn't. You know, if it really means something to me, I was thinking. You know, if. I want to be the best, you know, if I really want to be the best at this, I'd have to run 3000 miles. 
<laughs> and um, it sounds crazy. I'm, but you know, my mind. I don't even know if I'll, I'll continue doing the ultra marathons. But if I do, you know, um, I'm gonna want to be the best I can. But when's it gonna stop? It it, it stopped um when at mile 25 of the 300 miles. I just I felt like Forrest Gump. I I didn't want to run mm, anymore. <laughs> wow, man, hey, you are a wise 24 year old. I I've never met anyone like you. Um, even as a grown 40 year old man. To have a conversation like the one that we're having today and having the wise words and the perspective coming out of a 24-year-old's mouth, it, it, man, I'm, I'm blown away. That excites me. It, it's, yeah, it, it's, it's super cool. Um, you have a bright future ahead of you. And, you know, for you to realize that, you know, the reason was wrong. <laughs> you know, there, there's a there's an old country lyric. It says that he's looking for love in all the wrong places. Now, you know that that will lead you astray. And here you are, mile 25 on this 300 mile journey, and mile 25, you had the Forrest Gump moment. I'm just gonna go home. You know, you were looking for <laughs> you were looking for love in the wrong places. And how awesome is it for you to realize that? You know, like. You know, I, I also like to entertain, too. You know, I, I like to, you know, I like to have fun. And, yeah, you know, sometimes that can lead me astray. Sometimes I, I get in trouble. Sometimes I'll do something, even though I know that I'm not supposed to be doing it. I'll just do it. And, you know, for you to be able to pump the brakes on yourself and be like, all right, the the, the feeling's gone. <laughs> and yeah, and have that Forrest Gump moment. That's That's awesome, man. It's very cool. Um, what is the, the, on, on the horizon for you? You have any other big, big goals or anything? Well, where is your heart pointing towards um, now? I'm just, honestly, you, you, you don't realize, um, uh, you, you, you know, you, you, you probably understand certain aspects, but it's so scary before the, like when you wrap your mind around 200, 300 miles, it, like literally the pressure I bring to myself with these runs was so tremendous. It's like uh, it, they have a quote. It's um, pressure makes diamonds. Mm. Well, the pressure didn't always. Um, it, it broke me at times, and it, it's uh, it's what's on the horizon for me is like, like these things that broke me. All the things I had to go through. It's it's not easy to try to be great it's 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 terrifying it's um yeah for I sure just, yep right what's on the horizon for me is i i want to the way my mind works it, it's hard to stop it's hard to stop but i in my heart it, there's something in me that wants to take a break wants to take a break but then maybe that david goggins voice comes out and tells me no don't be a bitch don't. but um yeah it's it's very and i don't like making excuses like you know doing um i don't like making excuses oh i was you know I, I just don't like making excuses but there's a piece of me that does want to rest like i am human we all are human. yeah david goggins is human but it's like it's how for myself what's on the horizon i want to i want to take a break but knowing myself you know i, I can't um i just i, I want to be nicer to myself create less pressure stop looking for as, as much attention um and and just live my life you know um 
be the best me I can. Do you journal? Um, yeah, I write stuff down every now and then. Mm-hmm. You know, so other than you know physical physical growth, you know, getting stronger physically, while you are letting your body recover and rejuvenate, you can intellectually have pursuits. You know, journaling. You know, creating them. I'm not sure if you play guitar or paint or do photography or you know write a book, create a podcast create something uh do you do uh like yoga or stretching or or anything like that uh no just boxing swimming you Uh, know sauna do you do you do you read any books um i'll listen to audio books well one uh, you know what i also have one of the minds that like ceaselessly is always on the, the the running thoughts um, as a 40-year-old man who has a robust catalog of what works and what doesn't work, not only for myself, but this all coincides with what the most brilliant minds have ever said. The things that work for a, a human, regardless of who you are, is journaling, reading, meditation, and stretching. If, if you were to implement some, some reading from some good nonfiction books, I would be able to to recommend some some to you. And it doesn't need to be you know an hour of reading every day. If you could do hey five minutes, you know three minutes, read a page, man, that will exponentially compound your growth. And you're only 24 right now. By the yeah. time that you know you're you're older, you know in your 30s, because man, you can experience tremendous growth in two three years. Imagine what what that would look like if, you know, hey, go ahead and take give your body a break. But hey, hey, pick up a book, you know, some rather than physical discipline, you know, um rather than, you know, running 200 miles, I'm going to I'm going to do an ultra marathon of reading as many books as I can. Last year, I think I read 24 books. All oh, great, wow. yeah, all great nonfiction books from Booker T. Washington to Atomic Habits to uh, both David Goggins' books to Jordan Peterson's books. So apply the same discipline, sacrifice, and the uncomfortableness of stepping out of your comfort zone. Apply that to your mind, and sheesh, what what is that person gonna look like? Yeah, Un- you know. unstoppable for sure. Yeah, for sure. Well, hey, I don't want to take up too much more of your time. I'm grateful and thankful for the conversation that we have had so far. Is there any imparting words that you would like to leave the listeners with? Um, yeah, you, you know, uh, um, yeah, when it, you know, when it gets tough, you know, it's uh, you, you have more inside you than you really think. Nice. Hey, that sounds like a David Goggins 40% rule. (laughs) Yeah, you know. That's what it is. You know, don't get me started on my competitive side because I'll end up calling out David Goggins on this stuff I shouldn't be doing. (laughs) Oh, man. You know, he would love he would love that. You know, he would he would probably feel honored. But um, hold on. Can uh, tell me that phrase one more time? The the one Um, the one you had just said. Um. I forgot what I said. <laughs> you, you had said uh, when you when you feel like giving up, there's so much more inside of you. Yeah, when you feel like giving up, you know, when you feel like there's nothing left, 
um, there's more inside you than you than you really realize. Now, this is coming from a man who has, you know, put action into those words and it, it has produced fruit for him. So if we all can internalize those words, and I'm going to encourage you to work on that philosophical phrase that you have coined for yourself and try to make it as you know, try to make it as eloquent and most beautifully poetic as you can. Write it down and then create different iterations of it. And then that will be one of your philosophical thoughts. Philosophy is humans' most highest thoughts. And you have just identified something that is profound in your life. So if you didn't know it before, that is your philosophy. Write it down and create the most beautiful expression that you can with those words. But hey, thank you so much, Eli. I look forward to your progress. Good luck on everything and anything that you do. Give the family a high five from your boy, Ruby Room. And until next time, buddy, it's onward. Always onward. I appreciate you, brother. I'm going to catch you down the road. The podcast door is always open for you. And until next time, you have a great day. Hey, you too, Ruben. Thank you. Thank you. As we conclude this episode of Gathering Strength, the echoes of an extraordinary journey linger in our minds. From the relentless pursuit of ultra-marathon distances to the disciplined artistry of boxing. My guest, Eli, what an awesome guy. He has embodied the essence of endurance beyond miles. Reflect on the lessons embedded in each stride, the setbacks conquered, and the resilience forged in the crucible of challenges. This is not just a story of athletic prowess. It's a testament to the indomitable spirit that resides within us all. In the footsteps of our hero's journey, Eli my guest, he has faced the abyss, embraced transformation, and returned with insights that transcend the race course and the boxing ring. The underdog, against all odds, emerged victorious, reminding us that strength isn't solely measured in miles, but the unwavering determination to defy expectations. As you navigate your own journey, Remember the wisdom shared today. Draw inspiration from the fusion of physical and philosophical pursuits, finding resilience in the face of setbacks and reveling in the triumphs, however small or monumental. Thank you for joining us on this enlightening expedition. Until next time, keep gathering strength, face your challenges head on, and may your journey be as extraordinary as the stories we share. Stay resilient, stay inspired, and keep forging your path. This is Gathering Strength, where every step is a victory. Until next time, it's onward, always onward. <laughs>